Hey everyone, welcome back to Unfrequently Asked Questions, the brotherly battle of the brains. I'm Max Otkowski, and I'm the last man in America to get his toes fused together. I'm Michael Otkowski, and I know that's a lie. So, for those of you just joining us, let's uh, let you know how the whole thing works. It's a trivia podcast. Me and Max both come with five questions, and we ask them the questions. We each get three chances to answer, and in descending points. So you get on the first go three points second two last one so we have a theme this week it's planes trains and automobiles yeah i love planes i love trains and automobiles are all right i mean they're like dangerous they're really dangerous statistically yes i've gotten a few crashes no that's not true i've gotten in one crash a bad crash but it was one crash i remember you slip slipping on black ice yeah it was pretty bad Remember you told us that you told everyone, told mom and dad that you were going to a friend's house and you were then on the way to a girl's house. Well, no, I was dropping the girl off from musical. Yeah. Let's, let's, no, 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 no. There's no, you can't lie out of this one anymore. Well, no, that's true. I was dropping her off and then I was going to my friend's house for a party. Well. I was just dropping this girl off on the way. In Connecticut, you're not supposed to. um, Drop people off. No. It's illegal. You either go where they're going or you don't go at all. Yep. It's to save gas, really. <laughs> it's just, it's, we're really serious. We're really, really serious about carpooling in Connecticut. Now, for the first few months, I think it's like three or six months, it depends. Once you get your driver's license, you're not supposed to drive with somebody else who either doesn't have their license or hasn't had their license for like so many years. Oh, no. You're not supposed to drive with anybody because I remember that made no sense. Because when you have your learner's permit, you're allowed to drive. With somebody else in the car, as long as that person has had their license for like three or more years. Yes. But then the second you got your license, it would be illegal to drive the same exact way. Which I always thought was weird. Indeed. Now, this has nothing to do with our podcast, so let's focus. Um, I mean, it does have to do with the theme, but uh, we're not going to get into legal legalese. You're just trying to avoid talking about your own personal car crashes. I haven't had any car crashes. Now, That's not true. That's totally true. You've hit a post- in Dunkin' Donuts. That wasn't a car crash. That was a act of civil disobedience. <laughs> now, Max, would you like to start us off? Sure, Mike. I will start us off. I like to think that my questions are going from easier to harder, but uh, good luck either way to you and our listeners. When did the first transcontinental railroad become complete in America? I'm looking for a year, obviously, and I'll say plus or minus five. That might be too generous, because I know you'll be in the ballpark. 1875. 1875 is incorrect. First transcontinental. Wow, that gets, that's from, that's a huge, so within five years, that means 1870 and 1880 are out. Yeah, it's true. How about 1891? 1891 is also incorrect. Wait, why'd I go 1891? I meant, ah, fuck, I meant 1881. Um, how about 1881 for my last <laughs> guess? Because that's what I originally meant to go. Oh, no, Michael. Because didn't it happen under Grant? No, it didn't. Fuck. The first, so the trick here is, sort of, is that the railroad was, it was a Pacific Railroad, about 1,900 miles that went through the central, uh, uh, excuse me, yeah, went through central Pacific region, the western region. Uh, it was built by two companies uh, joining uh, San Francisco to... Alameda, Alameda, California, but it also connected to an already existing railroad 
that went all the way to Iowa and Nebraska and connected eventually to the East Coast, making the first Transcontinental Railroad in 1869 is when the railroad was completed. I should have gone the other way. Fuck me. Yeah, you should have gone the other way. I'm actually... I knew you were going to get close, and you were very close. I thought, see, I, I had all the whole thing on, under Grant of him going there and the Pacific line and it's and the, oh, here's the spike and all that. I'm, I'm actually surprised you didn't start earlier because obviously we played a lot of the board game 1830, which is all about making the railroads in America. Yes, and I caused a market panic. I will never get old of telling that story. Uh, I sold all my stock in a railroad and everyone goes, oh my God, what do we do now? And they panicked. And they should have just said, oh, now this stock is all cheap. It's a fun game. It's fun. It's not it's, really about railroads. The rail, It's mostly about stocks. It's, it's yeah, but not in a boring way. Well, a little boring. Yes. But not, anyway. Not in the EVE Online kind of way. Not in the, yes, exactly. Okay, not so I, I totally blew that. Planes, trains, automobiles, all this, of course, comes from transportation. Now, where were the first roads built? Where were the first roads built? Yep. Definitely not going to say Rome, because Rome almost always copied from the ancient Greeks, which predated them by a few hundred years um, in most regards. But I also don't want to say Greece, because I feel like that's a little too straightforward. You're asking me, where were the first roads built? Yes. Okay, my first guess is going to be China. No. Okay. My second guess is going to be... Oh, I almost said Egypt, but now I'm thinking like ancient Mesopotamia, like Babylon and stuff like that. Is 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 saying ancient Mesopotamia like too vague of an area? I would like you to be more specific. Oh man, Iraq. It's, yes. Boom. It is now in the country of Iraq. It is Ur, the city of Ur, is where the first roads have been discovered the oldest ones that we know of about 4000 bc so about 6000 years ago 6000 years ago do you know what kind of materials they used to build the roads because i know the roman roads were very complex they had well, these several were, different these, layers these were more just some of them were built you know you had cobblestone stuff but for the most part these were just what we can tell like there are footpaths and pathways that have been discovered that clearly people use but the first roads that the evidence said oh this is the way people moved from here to there you know there's like you could see you know structures and everything like that between them you, it could it, you could make a logical you could like say okay here's ruins here's some other ruins make a line and then go oh here's where the road would have been right so there was like cobblestone and i'm assuming wagons were riding on these roads and things yes, like that not, and not always cobblestone but really just i mean this is mesopotamia so you just have to make sure the road is clear for the most part you know it doesn't have to be a fully dug out road for the most part, it, yeah. re- really, how advanced road engineering got, you know, is very. I think mean, that's what made Roman roads so unique. That yeah, Roman roads had many layers. They had a gravel layer. They had almost like how we do asphalt roads today. They had they had a few layers to them to make sure they were like pretty smoothed out. Yeah, and that was all about the military too. The Romans. Oh yeah. The Roman engineering in the military. When people talk about you know, the big matchup is between Rome and the Han Dynasty. Rome, it was engineering. They had steel, they had tech, and they could just build and do stuff. And they had that no other empire had at that time. And those roads helped connect the empire. You could have, you know, olives from Syria going all the way exchanged for tin from Britain. 
Sorry, I'm just realizing that the, the expression all roads lead to Rome sort of kind of goes to both as like a, like a kind of like a threat because obviously the ancient Roman civilization, uh, especially the latter half, had a lot of uh, turmoil and overturning of leadership because people would just march their own armies into Rome, which yep. they were supposed to not do, but everyone did it, right? And so it's kind of weird to think that all roads lead to Rome, a.k.a. I could bring my army to your doorstep at any day. Yes. In a way, yeah, it was also, you could say, you could it could definitely be seen as a threat of all roads lead to Rome. Like, we're here. Everything. And they were the center of the world for the most part. Yeah. Even it was great as you see, the, as a, to go on about this, the records of uh, when um, uh, someone from the Han Dynasty was in the Roman Empire and they reported on it. They were absolutely amazed. They were amazed as the road yeah, because of the road network and everything and how interconnected it was they were amazed at the economy of ancient the roman empire um and how just connected it was so it was the power so rome saying look we're the center of the world we're gonna get to you eventually but uh anyway oldest roads iraq yep excellent excellent i'm glad i got that one for two points yes now on to your second question michael uh which asian countries and or city states drive on the left side of the road singapore now hold on i've got six names if i did my research right i want you to get three oh. singapore is correct oh sweet so that's one driving on the left side of the road yeah left side of the road asian countries specifically japan japan is correct well done Yes, I know they do, and um, I feel like is it is it we're talking about East Asia, like East Asia, South Asia as well. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm or the entire all continent of Asia, of Asia. Asia. I'm including all of Asia. Okay, um, it's not. Is it? It's, I don't think it's India. Is it Myanmar? Myanmar is incorrect. Oh, fuck. Myanmar is incorrect. You got two though. Yes, I'm pretty I did. pleased with that. Um, if you guessed India, that would have been right. Oh, see, I, I thought India decided, hey, you know what? This is insane. Because <laughs> the rest of the country, the rest of the majority of the planet drives on the right side of the road. I don't know. I mean, I don't know exactly how India works on the The only spot. reason the left side of the road can, like, pitch in and say, hey, you know, a good amount of us do that is because of India. Had India joined in the rest of us, Britain would realize this is stupid. Well, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, think about England drives on the left side, and just think about countries well, so that were... Scotland and Wales. But I'm just saying, think about countries in Asia that were influenced heavily by England and yep. the UK, right? India is an excellent answer. And I think that was a, that would have been an excellent guess, even if you were unsure. So you said Japan, you said Singapore, India, obviously. Hong Kong, which is one of my favorites because there's these really cool aerial views of traffic changing from left to right from hong kong to china yeah, across china. the border yeah is those are wild and of course there's so much traffic going in between those anyway uh malaysia yep i was gonna think about malaysia because it was singapore but i thought mm, that might be too obvious yeah right and then i think the hardest one thailand mm. i would have never guessed that unless i saw the answer obviously yeah all right mike that's a solid two points for you and we're tied up as you give me my second question Okay. Now there are two potential uh, answers for this. I just cool. want you to know. Awesome. That's the, now according according to Clark Kent of the Daily Planet, flying statistically is the safest way to travel. What is the most dangerous airline to travel on? 
the most dangerous airline to travel on? Does this include disappearances, which is assumed crashes? Probably, right? Yes. Okay. Now, this has got to be, like, the statistics from, like, how many flights they do. So, like, obviously, Malaysia Airlines had, like, a lot of publicity recently because of the missing flights or flight. But I, uh, they probably have a lot of flights. The two, there's there's two potential answers. You yeah, there's two ones that are really the top contenders. All right. Well, I'm going to say Malaysia Airlines, but I, I don't think that's right. No, it is. It is especially a, Clark. It, it does have a lot of issues. Malaysia Airlines. There is even um, planes that have failed on the runway and stuff like that, and, and crashed when landing on the runway. But but it is not one of the worst. I mean, it's bad. It's one of the worst, but not one of the two I'm looking for. Sorry, you said crashes, right? Or deadliest. What is the most dangerous airline? Delta Airlines. No. Oh, man. All right. I just have a gut feeling that it's not an American one, but all I can think of are primarily American airline companies. Well, it's a little too late to ask for a hint, obviously, because I'm on to my third guest, but I was going to ask if we've ever flown with this airline before. No. God, no. Okay. I don't know why we'd have flown with any of these airlines. Um, There's a chance a brother may have flown with one of them, but I don't think so. I highly doubt uh, it. What is it called? Uh, Emirates? No. Okay. Sorry. I mean, I didn't know his itinerary from his trip. Right. Um, but I just thought that was that's a big airline. That it is not Air Emirates. Middle East. So two Air options. Emirates. Thank you. I knew there was a second word. Two options there. are Aeroloft. Out Aeroloft? Of, Aeroloft. Aero, Aero, or Aeroloft mm-hmm. out of Russia. Or Terrifying. Pakistani International Airlines. Aeroloft, since its founding, has how um, 8,231 people have died in crashes from that airline. That is five times more than any other airline. Now, they haven't really had that many crashes. I mean, that recently after they started phasing out the Soviet models, but they still had several crashes. There was that airplane that crashed that was part of the airline, which wiped out the entire Polish government. Um, and that wasn't like on purpose, like the Russians did that. Like there was, they happened to be taking that airline. When was that? You know, when um, that was. That was oh, I want to say early aughts, early teens, early twenty teens. How do I not remember um, that? That must have been all over the news, and I can't remember that at all. I, be- I believe I have maybe it, uh, wrong. I, I remember it on the news. Um, that was not very news. It was a big. It was a big fuck up. Now, Pakistan International Airlines, um, they've had at least thirty crashes, twenty of them fatal. They probably have about a crash a year give or take, some of them being fatal. And uh, there have been eight hijacking incidents on the oh. airlines as well. Wow. So, yeah, if please avoid them if you can. If you don't have the choice, good luck. You know? <laughs> good, just good luck. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if it's the only way to fly to Pakistan. If someone's listening to this, like they just got on one of those airlines, and they're like, oh, I'm going to listen to this podcast. And then this trivia bit of trivia comes out. And they're just like, fuck. Flights are a great time to listen to podcasts. Because you can just kind of relax and sit. You don't need to actually look at anything. Exactly. Yeah. Alrighty then. I guess I should have, yeah. I maybe should have just done a general country. Instead of actually trying to guess an airline name. Because if I thought about it, something like Russia or Pakistan could have totally come up in my mind. Oh, well. Yes. Going into the third question. Mike. What was BMW's uh, 2001-2008 concept car, the Gina or Gina, made of? 
And I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be pronounced Gina. BMW's concept car, Vagina. I can't just say metal. You cannot just say metal. And I'm talking about the exterior of the car specifically. Aluminum. Sorry, sorry. The exterior of the car. It's made out of aluminum. It is not made out of aluminum. I'm going to consider that your first guess. Okay. Was it... <sighs> I'm going to go more extreme the other way. Because I'll think aluminum because okay. lighter weight. Opposite. Was it titanium? <laughs> you should have said lead. I'm pretty sure lead is heavier as a... But was it titanium? It's not. It's not Fuck. <laughs> this is a concept car, remember, Mike? Was it made out of a uh, plastic polymer? Uh, nope, not quite. Wait, so ca- ca- it could have been just a model of a car made out of balsa wood. I don't know. I've already used three guesses. <laughs> no, well, no. They when people when they when these guys release when car companies release concept cars, they are for the most part functioning, right? And for right. the most part completed. They might not actually drive. But they're supposed to look and be made out of the stuff they're, in theory, would be made out of if they were made into real cars. Right. Okay. Sorry. So I I went through all three guests. Yes. Spandex. The exterior was made out of a a tight, strong, polyurethane-coated spandex that wrapped around the frame. The frame had multiple moving sections of aluminum wires that would move to adjust the car's aerodynamics depending on the speed at which you were traveling. That was the idea. And this just blows, blows my mind. Blows my mind. This car, uh, they conceptualized in 2001. I think that's when they originally like released the idea and like publicized it. But it wasn't actually done and like they had a working version until 2008. And I saw videos. I really didn't think this car like had an engine in it. But they drove it around, which blew my mind. And when the car doors swing open, it's it's so funny because you see the crinkling of the spandex where the joint like starts to like come together, right? It's so bizarre to think, I'm going to make a car that's entire exterior is spandex. What happens if you get in a crash? You take it to the dry cleaners? I Buff- hated that joke. <laughs> I hated that on. joke right there. <laughs> Oh and you don't take spandex to the dry cleaners. You bring it. You put it in a freezer. Is that is that how you clean your spandex, Mike? No, I don't. I don't have spandex, Mike. I'm pretty sure you're Spider Man, and therefore you have spandex, right? Oh no, 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 no. All right, spandex. All right, you really didn't like that one. Okay. No, no, it, right. was, it was interesting. Okay. No, no, it's okay. Don't you be can... sul- Don't sulky on hey, me. Don't you... be sulky on me. You... <laughs> don't be sulky. Don't Mike, be Roger gonna... F. Sulky. I'm gonna sulk all over you. Just because you don't like my question. All right, moving swiftly on from that line. Okay, yeah. yeah. How many cars were there in 1900? I was kind of hoping you were just going to ask how many cars were there. No, granted, this is a big thing because car brands, for the most part, really by the the 20s, between the 20s and the 40s stuff, they really get consolidated around the big big three, um, GM, Ford, Chrysler. And there were countless different car brands and car companies. And that's really where I was going to go with this country, with this question, with this country. I was going to take the whole country by storm. No, but with this question. But I actually found this a bit more interesting. Um, so in 1900, bit while these new car companies were all getting started and everything, um, there were only so, you know, this many cars. Do, do I have an opportunity to answer the question now? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, do you... <laughs> Total cars, like total cars in production, yes. not like types of cars or 
makes and models. So yes. You mean total number of units? This is total number of cars uh, in America? Yes, they're built. Okay, cool. Nineteen hundred total number of of cars. I'm gonna say, um, give you plus or minus hundred. Okay, I'm gonna say it's gonna be like fifteen thousand. No. Okay. This is actually hold on. This is before Ford's. If I remember correctly, this is before like the Model T and before like mass automation of especially large cars. I think pretty much of any product really started to kickstart. So I'm going to say it's got to be way less than 15,000. It's got to be something like 9,600. No. I'll just say um, 9,000 then because I, I think it's around there. I just feel like it's got to be in the thousands. No, it is in the thousands, but you are far too high. I don't know why I get really quiet there. It is 4,192. These are passenger cars that were built. There were no trucks or buses. And the U.S. was the only car that was manu- or the only car, the only company, country. <laughs> Fuck, I can't speak. America's a car, and by God, we're going to... Hey, we're Obama drive it in the ground. Do you remember Obama had that analogy about America? Sorry. Oh, I just you just made that. it political. Well, um, I didn't mean to. I how just dare you? Talking about uh, America no. and driving America. So... Um, let me try that again. The U.S. was the only country that was actually manufacturing cars at that point. And, uh, like at but, all? Yeah. Really? I mean, we we had the I'm size in the manufacturing. And also, the we not only, for the most part, starting around that time, mm-hmm. because it was the progressive era, um, and all this other stuff, we started to have not only a population that was producing this in the manufacturing base, but also the population that could buy and use these, for the most part. Not that other people couldn't but we were booming um but by 1985 there are 100 there were 109 million cars in existence 1985 yep 109 million i'm actually kind of surprised that number is not higher well probably is now still what so what was the final answer you said 4000 4192 192 this is number of cars in america that's cool all right, Mike, um, before we go on to the fourth question, or my fourth question for you, do we have any words from sponsors, sponsors from words? Yes, you're asking about our sponsors. Our sponsors for this podcast, this episode, Trains, Planes, and Automobiles, is the New York, New Haven, and Hartford Railroad, <laughs> as well as the Edsel. More you ideas in the Edsel. What's the Edsel? Sorry, you have to give me that one. Edsel was a was a car, it was a car mark car uh, uh car named Mark Brand. It was a car Ford. named Mark Brand. No, no, it was a Mark Brand kind of a oh, Mark M A R Q U E. Yeah, okay, uh, or brand you. of of kind of car, and it's called the Edsel, um, and that was it's one of its slogans. <laughs> Would that give me your third question? Fourth. Oh, your fourth question. I can't count. You're having a rough night, Mike. It's a very very rough night. Okay. because I'm sober. Mike, how do you fly a space shuttle from Houston to Los Angeles? Okay, how do you fly it from Houston to Los Angeles? You strap it to... Okay, you say fly, which means we're not taking by train or by vehicle or truck. We're going with... You strap it to a Boeing 747 or whatever, and literally, or, or a big... A 
cargo aircraft and it's strapped on the top and you kind of literally fly it. Yeah. Because that's how they did the space shuttle. That's exactly right. That is exactly how they did the space shuttle. Um, that is exactly the answer I was looking for, 747. Uh, a specially designed 747 to make such a journey with such a heavy cargo load, but yeah, you're well, entirely I mean, right. It locks out because it's probably not carrying any passengers. Uh, yeah, but it's not like the... It's not like you go, hi, would you like this 747 with a massive spaceship on it? (laughs) We'll give you a discount, but you still have to pay for peanuts. You still have to, wait, no, peanuts are free. Actually, they don't do peanuts anymore. You're right, allergies. Yeah, they don't do peanuts anymore. You have to, like, specifically ask for them, I think. I don't know. I've never been offered peanuts anymore. I always get offered, like, a biscuit. Well, Delta has a lot because it's coming from Georgia. Like, there's tons of peanuts. Please take all the peanuts. Yeah, but uh, I don't really fly Delta anymore. Um, I'm sorry, Delta. He doesn't mean that. Delta, if you wanna, Delta, if you wanna give me some sweet incentives, baby, I'll fly you again. That's weird. That's a, it's like talking to an. Yeah, ex. they took your pilot's wings away for a reason. You can't fly. Um, uh, but yes, when they retired the Endeavor space shuttle, the final space shuttle, uh, it was flown to L.A. from Houston for its final resting place as an exhibit in the California Science Center in the Exposition Park. It was flown out there on September 21st, 2012. Now, this is a pretty short flight from Houston to L.A., but it took them four and a half hours because they uh, did some flybys of California cities that had some part in uh, had some part to do with manufacturing the space shuttles or just any of the projects that the space shuttle happened to be a part of, uh, which I think is kind of like neat, but also kind of weird because... Then those those, people those have cities to, like, all had stuff to do, and they yeah. had to go outside and look at this goddamn plane. Exactly. Like, dragging stuff go around. Go outside and look at this plane that has this space shuttle. Wouldn't it be better if instead of strapping it to the top, they did, you know, those planes that fly around with a banner? They just, like, hooked <laughs> it up like a trailer, it. and this just like, kind of dragged it through the air? <laughs> I think that would be a much better way. <laughs> oh, man. No, it would be even better if they, it was, like, they dragged it, but with instead of, like, a thread, it was, like, a, a, a metal pole. So they could still activate the thrust of the the jet of the rocket engine, yeah, and then propel the plane forward. They could have four and a half hours. They could have made this thing in half an hour, just swinging that thing around, <laughs> like hitting, trying to go through the Rockies. Not that they would fly that low, but just like swinging and taking out mountains. Oh man! Um, oh man! That'd be hilarious. Um, it's not the size of a star destroyer. This ship in my head, I, it's escalated. So, okay. Wait, no, hold on. There's one other thing I gotta talk about with this. Okay, space are you okay? This is I, I like this. Good, good. Because it's wonderful. So when they when they, they flew it to Los Angeles International, which must have been a day for those people who were trying to fly out of LAX that day, right? What the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, really? Like Harold, Harold, look. <laughs> Harold, is that a I think it's a Martian. Oh my god, come on. Why do we keep making fun of these old ladies? This is the second time we've done this on this podcast, I believe. Because yeah, Edna and Harold have a really weird relationship, and I'm sick of their shit. Yeah, they also have, like, ancient names. Who names them, their kids Edna and Harold anymore? People who sound like this. I guess that meme guy is called Harold. But anyway, so they, flow this, they fly this thing in. After, like, a couple of weeks, they get this thing on some trucks, and they drive it through downtown L.A. to get to the Science Center, because the Science Center is, like, in the center of L.A. This thing had in some areas just inches between buildings or oh you know it's fucking huge poles yeah because this thing's massive right they had to what i love about this is that it was necessary to remove over 400 street trees 
as well as some fairly old ones, leading to some controversy. But the Science Center, as part of the payment that they got, like they had a $200 million fund to move this thing into their house, right? And they, they were... could have put another ship in space for that money. <laughs> almost, really. You really almost could. The space shuttles at that point, this was the fourth one built. So we like knew how to yeah. build, build them at this point. But anyway, they uh, promised the town that they would replace the trees two to one. So every one tree that they knocked down, they built two. So if you want to get trees in L.A., just bring a space shuttle in and you'll double how many trees you have. Exactly. Just drag that space shuttle through the Amazon <laughs> and we'll be fine. No, we'll drag be- it. Had this a plane fly by with the, with, the, with the space shuttle hanging off the back and just swinging around, taking out <laughs> trees and, and capybaras and shit. Capybaras, um, those poor cute little things. I'm fucking exotic poison dart frog. Alrighty. What a fiasco, um, though. Like, taking down, like, traffic lights and stuff like that just to move this giant space Say, shuttle. when people get compl- complaining about trees, because there's one tree that's, like, one of the oldest in, in history or whatever, and they know it. And someone, this guy took core samples from it to know how old it is. And people are like, well, how dare you desecrate this tree? It's so old. I go, well, would you, I would be more offended by someone actively destroying a sapling. Because it's like, that, that, that's a baby tree. This is an old tree. This tree has had a good run. Some species you know, of trees do like stop, re- go out of a reproduction cycle, and they just start like they just do their own growth. Some species yeah. like stop reproducing. So I mean, this tree isn't going to reproduce anymore. So Maybe. it's like I don't know. It's not like it was the last tree. Like we need this tree to stay. And if, by the way, why don't you do stuff with the tree? Well, you know, a lot um, of the oldest trees in America. Excuse me, a lot of the oldest trees in America and in the world, they actually keep the specific location is secret because they're in like parks and they're like oh we have the oldest tree and people are like where is it I'm like well we're not going to tell you because we don't want you to chop it down or might make your mark on it or something stupid like that we were talking about space shells and we're now we're talking about the oldest trees in the world let's right, move on right okay i apologize congratulations so, you got three points on that one where okay when was the last time an armored train was used <laughs> wait wait are you telling me there is a point in history where you, we used armored trains. You damn fucking in, right there now, is, boy. Wait, there's an asterisk to my my comment here, in or question, in active battle zones. Yes, that's exactly. I was going to add that to it. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yes, there is a certain uh, world leader or kind of. Let's be honest, it's a royal family, um, not the royal family people like to think of in English um, language, but no, a royal family. Um, but yes. You're asking me when or where? Sorry. When when was the last time it was used? Oh, jeez. In, in combat. Oh, jeez. In combato. See, I was thinking, especially because you said royal family, I was like, okay, Russia really needs their trains, especially to move their soldiers. And so I was thinking Russia, but then when I think of royal Russia, that's like World War One, and I'm not sure if they had a... Tsarist Russia. Yeah, exactly. That's I'm not sure if they, if they had a full transcontinental railroad in russia by the 19 yeah, they what, did. 1912 1915 they did oh very much so i guess they probably did right so i'm gonna say yeah 1917 no what's do i have a plus or minus sorry um i'll give you plus or minus uh it sucks because i already guessed right so i'm gonna give you plus or minus two no i'll give you plus or minus five I'm sorry. That's better. No, fuck it. I'll give you plus or minus 10. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, so that means it's not 1907 or 1927. 
or anywhere in that range because I guess 1917 okay um, Michael did a head nod to me for those of you at home for those of you not listening in our but it was audience. but they were they did I will say they did use uh, armored trains during the uh, World War one as well as throughout the Russian Civil War that they actually would swap ownership during the Russian Civil War. Um, huh. Uh, nine, oh, okay, all right. I know what my third guess is. And I know that sounds weird, but... 1945. No. 1935 to 1955, no? No. All right. Though they were used during World War II. 1985. No. Am I just missing it? Is it the Gulf War? Oh, God, no. Oh, Um, man. I thought that would be really cool. So the last time they were used or seen being used is we need to – you need to keep – you should have kept – when you said Russia, you should have stayed with Russia. I should have stayed with Russia. But I don't know how well you know Russia's military history. Not very well. It was used in the early – no, this is not the most recent, but it was used uh, kind of once where it ended up being used in the Second Chechen War between Chechen separatists and the Russian Federation. But the most recent, recent time it was used, a makeshift one was kind of made um, by pro-Russian militias in the Donbass region of Ukraine in 2015. There were images of Pete Bay basically decided to put a bunch of guns on on these trains and also kind of add add armor to it, continuing this long Russian tradition of uh, Russian, Eastern European tradition of guns on trains. Wow. That's, I'm just like picturing like almost like Mad Max, except instead of like a car, it's this massive train. Or no, have you seen the movie Snowpiercer? Yeah, it's similar like to that. I kind of picture and that. And a lot of these things had, they, they put artillery fixtures on them, and that's kind of how they used to do them during, uh, I mean, the Germans did that with their artillery guns in World War One, And that's what this thing is. I mean, I saw images of this one in 2015, and it was covered in mostly anti-aircraft guns and anti-tank guns but also artillery guns like it was made to really be fire support that's still badass that's still like super cool oh it's insane wait would they would they be driving would these trains be moving actively while like shooting often oftentimes they would would move because they would be armored they could be moved to be fire support but the thing is if you if for instance if you were going a train's going 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 you would have to stop kind of you don't go hovering around in an area you don't go past it you can't swing back around you no, yeah, turn around Once you... so it would kind of go to where it needs the fire support or goes to where it is i mean the train wasn't really armored to go we're gonna attack here use the armored train the train was sometimes it would provide support if something near the train near the line is under attack well, and also to keep the train defended you're limited by and the protect railway. you know you could use the train as armored transportation um you know basically to be protected it was more of a defensive measure, often gotcha. than offensive. Well, yeah, because I'm just thinking, like, obviously you stop the train from destroying the railroad where it isn't at the time. You know, it's maybe like a little guerrilla warfare there, but because you got to sneak in there, yeah, maybe it's behind enemy line, but still, like, but uh, the train can only go where there is tracks for it. Um, of course, I did mention when I said a royal family uses armored train. The royal family I'm referring to is, or was referring to is the house of kim that rules north korea yeah essentially as much as people say it's a communist country it's not a communist country they just have communist iconography they are really just a royal family like us 
absolute monarchy and uh kim uh, jong-il he did not like flying at all so he had an armored train so he'd go to his two big allies russia and china which were conveniently right next to north korea and obviously russia's pretty good at making trains especially armored trains it sounds yeah, like it actually switches gauges too which is weird when it goes into russia i believe um what do you mean and gauges? I track oh, the gauge track, track gauges? Yeah. Oh. and uh, i believe it has to, it's able to do that and uh kim jong-un just uses it as well he i think he can fly he just not he can fly i mean in north korea they say he can fly <laughs> we all know he can't fly um, he can fly in a plane. He's comfortable with flying in a plane. He's comfortable with flying in a plane. Unlike as well, that's how he got to Singapore to do the um, those, those nuclear talks. Or when he went to school. Yes, or when he went to school in Switzerland. But uh, he also uses them when he has to go to China or Russia because, you know, might as well use it. Michael, your fifth and final question. Gotcha. Why do planes fly, and how do they sustain their lift? Oh, you're going to do this to me. I always like to have a physics or a space question because it just it's one that I know you're going to struggle with. It's, and that gives it me keeps joy. us lift through aerofoil. Aerofoil? Aerofoil. aerofoil something I'm going to... Fucking this really sucks because I'm one of my best friends a pilot. Um, Can you just uh, like try to describe the process? You don't need to use big so words. So it has... You have some form of thrust moving it forward. Yeah. And cool. you adjust wings... Um, you just the wings and the tail to give you lift, and this helps you slowly the air going over everything and the aerodynamics of it allow you to move air in a way that forces you up, and you slowly lift up, and that's how you fly I in know, a plane. That's kind of true. I mean, you're, I mean, I you're like really, avoiding details. Very I really, I'm just, I'm sorry, I just can't. These physics lecture i don't think i ever got that lecture ever in a physics class that's fine i don't know maybe maybe we saw this at a museum or something like that at some point science museum i mean not that i don't like physics i think physics is cool i just it's just easier for other people to grasp than me sometimes right i mean obviously you didn't study physics either like did you take physics in high school i took physical science survey and then i took biology and then i when given the option instead of taking chemistry chemistry or physics i ended up waiting a year and then i took um vertebrate zoology wait they counted vertebrate zoology as a core yeah. science class vertebrate for you? zoology was this whole semester class oh my god and it counted as, but it was only offered like every other year so i was like we i looked took... i looked at it and was like oh it'll be offered the next year so the like senior year i was like vertebrate zoology did you take marine bio as well i did take marine bio as well i'm just surprised they counted one of those as a core class marine bio was a half because um, normally it's just chemistry or physics you had to choose um at our high school you knew you had to have it was but it was equal they were i don't know why we're getting into this i'm sorry listener that's okay hey, um, this is fine but we uh they no, they because they counted so many points for the whole basically over yeah. the year no, so knew, therefore but... you had to have as this many science things oh you could just take any elective i guess so theoretically reason... you could have just stacked okay. up an elective but vertebrate zoology i think kind of counted i guess um, i have it this was this was one. at least this was at this point over a decade ago which scares me to say, but yeah. Anyway, um, I kind of have the yeah. basic idea of it. I want to say things. I want to say oh, words like aerofoil or aeropostel. So an aerofoil is just um, kind of like a shape, really. An aerofoil is like a shape of an object, you know. But like, obviously, the the wings have like a certain shape to them. Yes. Right? I mean, it could be fixed air wing aircraft. It could be 
I mean, right. helicopters do different things. But you know they've got, like, kind of the bumpy top and kind of, like, the flatter bottom. And sure, there's a little bit of an angle to them and maybe some swooping shapes. But you know that there's a kind of the bump at the top and kind of the flat at the bottom, right? Yep. Okay. I'm Literally for one point. Oh. Can you try to... Why is that shape important? Why does that shape help the it's plane have left? Aerodynamic? That is it's... not really any information at all. The of wind, course, it's The wind gods like it? The wind gods love that shape, and they say, you have been blessed with See, lift. now I'm having an even bigger regret, because as Boy Scouts, we went to the Navy Naval Academy, and... Several times. I, I, t- I remember having, like, a whole thing where a bunch of the, uh, the, uh, the, I forget what the slang term is, but the, the students, the uh, cadets, they, uh, taught us about the aviators, about being a naval aviator, and, uh, and we did like that, so I remember listening to that and you know knowing about the physics of it and then they just showed us videos that they made about with rock music talk about you know and and clips of how awesome navy aviators are and they were like and they were like one to like thunderstruck like yeah we're awesome kids and i was like (laughs) what well it's boy scouts of course they were trying to you know pseudo recruit us yep didn't fucking work navy um yeah, I I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to oh, think. That's all right. Um, it's fair to give up. Yeah, I'm giving up here. All right, that's totally fine. Um, it has to do with the difference of air pressure because the air on the top. So basically, the air is like air is just chilling. It's just chilling. It's having a grand old time. And then you slice it with this airfoil, this shaped wing with the bump. And when you do that, the air on the top has to kind of go faster to get up and around the bump. And in doing so. It creates a lighter pressure. There's less pressure at the top of the wing from the bottom of the wing, which is going slower and has a higher pressure. Okay, And because of this pressure difference, pressure is literally just a force over an area. And so there's a force upwards. Yeah, okay. Trying to go from the lo- high pressure to the low pressure, basically. It's kind of how you can think of it. It's not exactly how it works, but from a high pressure to a low pressure, and it goes up. This is thanks to the Bernoulli principle, Bernoulli's principle, excuse yep. me. Yep. And so it creates this lift. To go up, but you were right. Obviously, Ber- you said these... Bernoulli, didn't you? I have that Bernoulli T-shirt. Bernoulli T-shirt, yeah, you do. Um, no, Bernoulli's Bernoulli's principle. Wow. Um, and um, like you said, there's we have the actual engine for thrust to go forwards and get speed. Uh, there's some air drag because the air is also a frictional force, so it's slowing you down. Um, and then, of course, gravity's weighing you down, but then you have this lift to kind of lift yourself up. And so that can bring you up to um, the flying altitude that you most desire for your aircraft. Aircrafts are designed for different altitudes, obviously. So that's that. And you were, got destroyed by it, but that's okay because you're still in the lead as we go into my final question. Okay, Max. Earlier I brought up the Edsel. The Edsel, yes, you did. The, the brand. Type of car that I've never heard of before. It was a huge failure. Uh, obviously. Why? Why was it a huge failure? Because they sponsored us. No. Okay. Um. No. There, are, there are four kind of acceptable answers here. I'm really look. There's one that I will give you full points for. The other ones I'll kind of give you half points for. Okay. All right. Four possibles for why yep. the Edsel, uh, failed. Is it because they never really manufactured cars at all? They just like like three wheeled cars, like those three wheeled cars and like motorcycles, and they're like, oh, we'll get to a car eventually, and they just never did. And um, the brand failed. No, 
Oh man, I thought that would be fun. I thought that'd be a fun one. No, they were they were making automobiles. Ford decided to make the Edsel brand, and it was another bunch of automobiles. Were the cars too? Like, well, obviously they just weren't bought at some at some point. They just they were purchased, bought. but not not enough to be successful. Right. Exactly. So it right. it, so, it was a flop. I think that's 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 an obvious point. Right. Yeah. Economics. That's just how it works. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming they weren't bought regularly or or frequently enough to be viable because they were too expensive. They were these big luxury cars that nobody really wanted from Ford. And so people just didn't buy them. There's these super expensive, stupid-looking cars that just didn't make a lot of sense and had all these luxury things nobody wanted and were too expensive. That's not really one of the... I mean, in a way, it wasn't necessarily about the cost in a, in a way at all. I'm it was wrong. More, it was, yeah, it wasn't that they were too expensive and they were cheaper. They were, they, it was like they were alternatives, but not in that kind of way. Okay. Is it because... They had their steering wheel in the middle of the car, and everyone thought it was stupid and dumb and didn't drive them. Come Are on, you that's... saying design issues? Yeah. That's <laughs> that's so you'll get this is up for half a point. Okay, half a point. Um, you get the design controversies was an issue. Um, for instance, the grill people reported they didn't. There was a grill, kind of like an open mouth kind of thing, looked like a horse's bridle in the middle of the front. And that was weird. Like at one point, one review kind of said it looked vaginal. Oh lord! Oh lord! Um, so it's not what you want to hear. I mean, about it kind of car. does. So it's there were some design issues and controversies about that that weren't didn't appeal to it. Um, and the the other kind of issues that you could bring up are people saying that it was kind of the wrong car at the wrong time. There was a bit of a recession going on, so people just couldn't afford to um, go for it. And the other thing is that there were mechanical problems and tons of flaws with it. Um, they didn't really have quality control. There was confusion with parts. Also, like, they didn't dedicate a standalone factory for it. So Ford had its Ford brand, which is its main lower-priced car. Mercury was a bit middle brand. And then Lincoln was the high expensive stuff. So these are three different brands. Gotcha. Edsel was supposed to be kind of in between those two. But Edsel never really, the Edsel brand never had a factory for it. So they were they were assembled at both Mercury and Ford factories. So there was all this inconsistency with um the vehicle oh mechanically so now between ford they were supposed to be between ford and mercury in terms of prices. yeah in prices and that became a big thing so when you kind of said prices the problem was some of the more expensive edsels were more expensive than the cheaper mercuries yeah so people go well why would i why would just go for a mercury here and get this and some of them were also just only a bit more expensive than a ford and people kind of feel like well if i'm going for this price i'll go for this ford so, in a way that it's not that it was too expensive, it was just it didn't it wasn't appealing to those people, and the real big thing is they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Ford, <laughs> I mean, they didn't know how to market. Ford Ford invested four hundred million dollars, which adjusted for inflation is about four billion dollars today. They so they invested four billion dollars into a, into a brand. That they didn't do research or study to determine if it was a prudent or profitable thing. Like, they didn't even check. Um, their advertising promoted it as, just, as I said, having more you ideas. Like, teaser advertisements in magazines only reveal, like, a glimpse of the car through, like, a blurred lens or wrapped in paper or under tarps. And they didn't even test market the vehicles. 
So their style was like, oh, it's all about you, and there's no real people like understanding what was going on. Um, they they shipped it to their dealers, wrapped, wrapped like literally under wraps. So the dealer was like, can't even open up and look at it. So it was a real big mystery because no one knew what the fuck was going on. Oh my so God. they didn't. They didn't. So not only was there the recession going on, there's all this stuff that ended up happening. They couldn't really predict. They just didn't. They invested all this money without saying, "Hey, do we really need to do this? Do Americans want this?" They didn't even know what people wanted. They hadn't. They were completely lost between the consumer and what they made. With and they designed this thing, which was absurd looking. And kind of cool looking, but it was really absurd at the time. No, they look really absurd. Sorry, yeah. I'm looking up some images. They're wild looking. Oh yeah, and it's it's like the wagon. I mean, it had a little, they had a logo and everything, and it's just ridiculous. completely flopped because logo's cool. Ford just totally dropped the fucking ball and didn't know what in the fuck they were doing. And I mean, they eventually learned they're still around, but you know. But this was like a this was a few years of just straight up failure. Yeah, from this brand. I mean, they were still selling Fords and Mercury's. And Mercury's were sold, um, they still own the Mercury band, but Mercury's were sold until, I want to say, 2015? till they really shut down that line. Um, and Lincoln's, I think, are still around. But for the most part, like, those, those, I mean, that brand just fucked up and failed. And it was weird. Um, Edsel, it was, Edsel was named after the son of Henry Ford. And Edsel's son was like, I don't want my dad associated with his brand. I think this is a stupid idea. Uh, Mercury went defunct in 2011. 2011, okay. So just I wanted to get a quick check, fact check on that. Wow, yeah, this is an incredible. I, I mean, I can't believe I've never even like heard of the Edsel, but yeah, I can understand a, why. That's like that's a you know a uh, uh, cacophony of problems. Oh yeah, and it really just stems from and I, if you all things I, coming I, together. The research I did it was really failure. just comes from. The people at the top didn't do any research before they invested. So, yeah, of course you had design problems. They didn't assign a factory for it, so you had mechanical problems. The design was iffy. They never checked to see how people react to it. And he just thought, oh, we're going to have this brand new thing. It'll kind of be this midway between, we'll add another tier of stuff, and people will love it. And no one did, you know? Some guy at a table thought this was a good idea. It went down the chain enough times where people stopped thinking about it and just said, well, this is what we're doing now. Right? I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like someone said, hey, there's Burger King burgers and there's five guys. And there's people, places like five guys and there's places like Burger King. Let's go in the middle. And no one wants something in the middle. Because five guys goes, okay, we've got Burger you know. Eh, I could argue. Now, obviously, that's sorry. I know that's up to ten. These are two different companies at this point. Right. But, you know, it's like, in a way, you're going, you're, you're kind of, you'd be, that's a weird, it's a weird thing to fit into. A weird, uh, channel to say this is where we're going to go and it might not work at all yeah and they didn't do any say let's research and see what we do no 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 let's just drop 400 fucking million dollars into it well god damn it ford oh well whatever i mean they got this the they're interesting cars to poke fun of yep it's it's a slogan now when someone goes oh that idea is an edsel the idea is it's gonna flop you didn't do any research nice it's a corporate thing i love it so with that what are our scores, Max? Michael, our scores are um, pretty decisive. You're sitting at five points, uh, having two from the left side and three from the uh, flying of the Endeavor space shuttle. And I have uh, uh, 2.5 points, one from the oldest roads in the world and one from the Edsel design issues you, you gave me half a point. Yeah. 
So you mean you're, two, you're you mean two from the oldest road roads. Yeah. Okay. What did I say? Sorry. So I'm okay. I said two, right? Yes. Yeah. Sorry. So with this, I think now it comes down to usually for those who are just joining in. Thank you for staying with us for the entire podcast so far. Usually, if there's a tie, we have a tiebreaker called Wickety Wickety Quack. If there's no tie, the winner gets to decide if they get asked a question or if they want to ask their wickety wickety whack to the other person um, to either solidify their lead or give them a chance. I feel pretty confident because I got five points, so I feel like I want to keep this roll going. Max, show me your... Not show me, but <laughs> tell me your wickety wickety whack. All right, Mike, my wickety wickety whack. I'm going to give you some sample pieces of a Wikipedia article one at a time, and you're going to have to try to guess what the article is is the title of the article. So, this is actually not a sentence from the Wickedy Wickedy Whack, from the Wikipedia article. They're not called the Wickedy Wickedy Whacks in the real world. Just in our little bubble. Yes. So, this is actually a chart. I'm going to translate this chart for you in, into a sentence. Uh, the um, brand has been going through several different countries and regions since 1980. In 1980, it debuted, uh, debuted in Italy and Hong Kong. In 1981, it debuted in Taiwan, China, and Thailand. Going to skip a few here. In 1987, Indonesia, 1994, America, Canada, Latin America, Australia, New Zealand. It's a brand. And it first debuted in 1985 in Italy? In Italy, 1980. Okay, 1980. Is it some form of fashion? Nope. It is not a form of fashion. Some kind of food or foodstuffs. Nah. No, no, no. Well, it's like some kind of car. It's like a, like a, not a Fiat. Um, I think you're going to need more. I will need more. Okay. As of June 2018, this franchise is the 15th highest grossing media franchise of all time. Estimated to have generated more than $15 billion in total revenue. It's a franchise. Italian franchise. You know, by that, I don't mean Olive Garden. Um, media franchise. So, uh, so it started in Italy. That's where it debuted in Italy in 1980. This is, it was not, it, I how many, how much, how much had it? $15 billion of total revenue since its birth. This is, it did not start in Italy. It got exported to Italy. Let me be clear. What 1980 was, it, what, was its debut year. In, when did it when did it debut in America? 1994. Far after Italy. Is this Gundam? It is Gundam. <gasps> oh my god, yeah. Wow, you I know can't no. You the 94 that. gave it away because I thought so. That's when Gundam Wing came out. And in Gundam in America. The big the big thing got so in um, so for those listening, the Gundam franchise is a Japanese originally anime franchise, and the whole idea is, originally the idea was there's the Earth Federation, Earth's kind of settling in the colonies. Okay, hold on, you're going deeper than you need to. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm going to go, so Earth's expanding the solar system, and one of the orbital colonies decides to go in rebellion, and they fight with giant robots, one of them called the Gundam. And every time they kind of said, oh, we're going to do different Gundam series, same kind of idea, but new world, new setting. And every time they would make up a fictional year. So in the, the one they did when they released Gundam Wing was after Colony 194 to commemorate the fact that it was going to come out in 1994. 
So they would, you know, do those kind of things whenever they'd start a new uh, franchise. Wow. You got it. Yeah. My my third sentence was going to be a complete giver. It was going to be most Gundam, which I would have rephrased somehow. Most Gundam are large bipedal humanoid vehicles yep. controlled from a cockpit by a human pilot. The cockpit is located in the torso while the head serves as a camera to transmit images back to the cockpit. Okay. And these things would do these, you know, obviously warfare and stuff like that. It's one of the, I don't know if it's the first, but it's, it's the um, uh, antithesis, I guess. No, that's not the word I want. It is it is the prime example of mech mecha anime. Yes, um, in uh, Japan, yeah, which is a type of anime. Fifteenth, fifteenth highest grossing media franchise. That kind of blew my mind. It's it's wonderful. It really is wonderful. A sad thing they tried to do a live action movie and they failed, and it was horrible. And like the owner, the creator of this franchise was like, I don't want to do anything to do with that. Um, I mean, they make a lot of money from their video games. The video games are popular. I and mean, obviously the, the the action figures. I mean, that's where they make oh, the, most of the money. They do, yeah, they have a thing called gunplay where people yeah. basically take the thing and can put them together or can customize and make their own. Really cool. Um, it's a fun little hobby, uh, you know, for the people who do that. You know, it's, wow, awesome. It seems to be about tied with the entire Batman franchise. It's great because as you, you look at the different Gundam Seasons series, like a lot of the original ones that were made by the creator, you could see, like in how the original Gundam like got the first Gundam, then uh, Gundam Zeta, Devil Zeta, all this other stuff, you could see like when he had his depression. So there are ones that get really, really dark and brutal. And the next season's fine because he's out of his depression. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. No, I sorry, I just thought it was interesting. I kinda randomed around. I saw Gundam. I was like, oh Michael probably get this one or at least he'll enjoy it. Sweet. You're a big Gundam fan. Well done. So with that, I am I've won. Do I have a prize? Well, let's talk about where else we can our listeners can get in touch with us. You can email us at ufaqpodcast at gmail.com. You can email us questions if you want. You can email themes if you want. You can email pictures of your cat. Not really useful. I was really scared we were going to go with that statement. But you can do that. You're allowed to do that. We'd probably rather questions and themes or maybe even just comments about episodes that you liked or your favorite you know, you can tweet at us at UFAQ Podcast with your favorite uh, slogans. You know, Mike always has those crazy catchphrases he's always saying. You can also, um, if you like us and you're enjoying this podcast, feel free to share it with friends, family, anyone you think would enjoy it. We would love to get the shares. You can listen to us on Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Google Play, iTunes, and we also have our Facebook page. Uh, like, subscribe, and keep on the rss feed yeah absolutely absolutely share us because that really helps us a lot it helps us grow and if you share us or are trying to share us and somebody says oh i don't see them on my preferred uh, uh application for podcasts or media enjoyment let us know and we'll try to get on there uh podcasts especially we can pretty much get wherever we want but there's a lot of applications i've never even heard of for podcasts so just just let us know so max it's been a long eventful episode what have you learned today mike i've learned some pretty amazing things uh the oldest road uh, uh oldest ro- roads are seen to be in iraq um there were only 4192 cars in america in 1900 which is like i don't know it seems low to me like definitely we were not producing cars like we are today but it still seems low to me and the armored train thing is so freaking cool. Just the, you know, 
obviously I'm romanticizing. You're gonna go to your computer and just look up armored trains, aren't you? Yeah, it just sounds so cool. Like I want to see an anime that's all about armored trains. There's probably an anime about armored trains. I would be really surprised. Yes, there is. I actually just I don't forget the name of it, but I know it came out with. There's an anime about um girls who are also tanks or something like that. There's weird girls in Panzer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not about girls who are also tanks. Oh, that's okay. about an alternate universe where there are high schools in which playing tanks, like and blowing up tanks from other schools, is like a sport. Oh, okay. So it's like, hi, we're in the school club, and what's our club? Well, we drive tanks and <laughs> fight and blow up other tanks filled with other cute girls. Now I saw and they're Fury. like, okay, that's a thing. I saw Fury, and I know that's a not a sport. That's terrifying. If you're yes. in the tank, yes. Okay. Yeah, I, the armored the armored train thing is really cool. The Edsel thing is also really cool, but the armored train thing is what really sticks out of my mind. That is just that's just fun. Obviously, it's not actually fun because it's you know warfare that's kind of terrifying and has dark sides to it. But for the sake of a trivia podcast, hilarious. What did you learn? I learned how a plane can fly. Now, <laughs> I relearned it. I'm going to forget it again. But oh, yeah. it's 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 kind of it is amazing to kind of learn like this is what we had to figure out like someone had to do the science to see that you flying and as i said it's the safest way to travel for the most part and people like someone needed to do the research i wonder did the wright brothers actually do that research or did they go let's just keep throwing things in the air until it works i think they just and someone later someone later on goes oh dude there's physics you could do to this and they're like <laughs> oh fuck really we were just dicking around bernoulli's principle was figured out about a hundred years before wright brothers started flying right but yeah, you're right. I'm pretty sure they just start like throwing shit. Until they had they, they had flying. mustaches and moxie, and they just went at it. <laughs> so, a whole lot of moxie. With that, this has been unfrequently asked questions. Whoa! You need your prize. Oh, I need my prize. You do this again and again. My what God. if I just don't want my prize? Donate my prize to charity. Oh, that's probably not a good idea this week. Is it hookers? <laughs> No, you'd be far too excited. I'm not going to give you that. That's like a Christmas present, Mike. i got to save that for a special occasion. No, um, the, the prize was a burning orphanage. That's why you probably shouldn't donate it to an orphanage. Like this is an example this... of how not to run your orphanage. <laughs> okay. any rate, this has oh, been Unfrequently Asked Questions. I'm Max Lachowski. And I'm Mike Lachowski. And as always, stay curious. Stay curious. No, we don't do that together. Dude, God damn it. This is my just, thing. Don't you take this it. away from me. No, I just want to feel it. Just let's okay. do just do another one. Just do and uh, All right. this has been blank 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 and I'm blank. This has been blank blank blank. I'm Max Lakowski. And I'm blank. And as always, stay, stay curious. curious. God, that felt oh, that terrible. Felt great. That, that felt horrible. We're not doing that. that We're not doing so that. Good. Don't do that. I love it. Don't do this to me. Mm. Stop. <laughs> Stop. I can only get so erect. <laughs> No. All right, I'm just going to put this at the end after the music fades out. Fuck off, people. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Unfrequently Asked Questions, the brotherly battle of the brains. I'm Max Hudkowski, and my toes are fused together. I'm Michael Hudkowski, and I don't know how to deal with that information. 
I'm the last man ever to get his toes fused together. God, I I hope so. Welcome back, or welcome if you haven't listened to us before. If you haven't, and this is your first time, uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm in shock now. Uh, why why are you starting from here? Um, but no, no, no. I thought that was good. No, that was so bad. I'm so <laughs> upset with that. I'm so upset with that. <laughs> The intro itself was fine, but right after that, that was so bad. You can't do that. All right. Okay. Just, just, we just did the intros. You just said, you just said, uh, I don't know how to deal with that. Are we going for the, I don't know how to deal with that? Or are we redoing the intro? We can, we might as well just redo the intro at this point. Fuck it. Yeah, fine. Okay. All right. Cause I don't know where to go from. Okay. I'll 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 talk if you want to talk. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I know what I'm going to say now. Okay. Okay. 